I, I know that you've been looking at this in terms of discipleship. Uh, and uh, the Lord's Prayer is, of course, a prayer for disciples. Uh, nobody else prays the Lord's Prayer unless they are a disciple. Well, some people may mouth the words, but actually uh, the words mean something when you are a committed disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the disciples that Jesus taught his first disciples to pray this kind of pattern prayer. But we are his disciples in the 21st century, aren't we? Uh, and therefore we should learn uh, what these words mean and uh, how we are to apply them uh, in our daily lives. Now I gather that um, uh, you've, you've had five uh, sermons on the Lord's Prayer. You've been looking at uh, the Father's kingdom. You've been looking at the Father's provision. You've been looking at the Father's forgiveness. Uh, and uh, there must be another one. I can't quite. Well, there must be one coming up at some point about um, the, the, the Father's uh, uh, glory or something like that. But this one today is about leading us not into temptation, but delivering us from evil. This is perhaps at the heart of what the Lord's Prayer is all about. It's about our day by day discipleship. How do we live as Christians in the world today? Uh, the world's fairly hostile, actually, these days. Have you noticed that? Uh, Twenty-odd years ago, uh, the world was apathetic. Uh, they thought, oh, those Christians, well, they can just get on with it on a Sunday in their churches and so on. Uh, but they don't really have much impact. It doesn't really mean much. Uh, and just let them get on with it. There's much more hostility today. Have you noticed? I think the reason for that is because religion generally has got a bad press. Uh, now, um, we know that uh, in the world today, religion can be a fairly toxic thing. Uh, and, uh, and we have to say that religion is fairly dangerous. Uh, we know that. Uh, we, I don't think, would call ourselves religious. I hope we wouldn't. Uh, because uh, what we are to be as Christians are not religious people, but we are to be people of faith. Faith in the living God and in his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent into the world to die for us so that we may have new life. And it is putting our faith in him. Uh, and, and it's not uh, re the difference between religion and faith is, seems to me, is that religion sets up a, a body of rules and regulations uh, and says that you follow those rules and regulations and God will be pleased with you. Well, that's exactly what the Pharisees did, didn't, isn't it? That's what they did. I mean, they, were, they took the law of Moses, they took the Ten Commandments, and they amplified the law of Moses. So they, 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 they derived 613 rules and regulations. They were concerned with the, the nitpicking details of life, how far you could walk on the Sabbath day, what you could eat, uh, what you could touch, all these kinds of things. They, they, they were very detailed. But they missed the whole point of what the law was about. It was about reflecting God's character in the world. Now, there is hostility, I think, in the modern world to all kinds of religions and faiths. Uh, and particularly, I think, in this country, we come under a bit of assault from the, uh, the intelligentsia, led by um, celebrated um, atheists like uh, uh, Richard Dawkins and people like that. Uh, I don't know if you've read any Richard Dawkins. It's very interesting, actually. He, um, uh, I, I quite often say to people, go and read The God Delusion because you will see there that he just doesn't get it. 
Well, he can't really because he's not a Christian person. He hasn't got the spirit of God in him and therefore he can't read it in the right way. Yes, he's, he can describe certain things, but actually to enter into it, he can't do that at all. And we should pray for him and uh, respect him, absolutely. But um, I think we should need to take what he says with a little bit of pinch of salt. Now, um, how does this relate to... Uh, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Well, I started by saying that this phrase is about our discipleship in the world. The day-to-day living uh, uh, um, as Christian uh, people in the world. It's fine when we're together here, isn't it? It's great to sing songs of praise. Great to listen to God's word. Great to bring our prayers to him. The moment you go out of those doors, you're in hostile territory. And we all feel it, don't we? We all feel slightly wrong-footed when somebody will say something which is, uh, you know, uh, which makes us uncomfortable. And uh, how often do we then sort of uh, fall back in, and close in on ourselves rather than actually say a word in season from the Lord? Well, we need to learn how it is that we are to be uh, disciples in the world. I want to say three things this morning. I want to say something about spiritual warfare which is what I think this phrase is all about. Something about spiritual warfare, then I'm going to say something about temptation and sin, and then I'm going to say something about deliverance from evil. Okay, so first of all, spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is at the heart of what it is to be a Christian disciple. Now, I wonder if that's a striking phrase for you. I wonder if you've ever thought about that. Uh, actually most of our lives are fairly comfortable aren't they Uh, but actually do you realize that we are in a spiritual battle that we are facing all kinds of dangers this is a common theme in the new testament well you can uh, you can read the letters of the apostle paul and he will tell you about we need to put on our, our armor because we are soldiers in a spiritual fight I sometimes um, hear um, people say, uh, you know, they give their testimony. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this, but somebody will stand up and they say, I was saved from a life of, uh, of, of terrible awfulness. I was a drunkard, I was a wife beater, I was a drug addict, all, all that kind of thing. And then suddenly Christ found me, turned my life around, and ever since then it's been fine. Now... I'm absolutely sure that God does turn people's lives around. He's turned my life around. He's turned many of your lives around. But it's the bit about thereafter everything has been fine. That's the bit that I find difficult. Because it seems to me that living the Christian life is not everything is hunky-dory. Everything is a bed of roses. When we are turned around, when Christ comes into our lives and he begins to turn things around, actually that is when the trouble begins for us. Yes, we find our real purpose in life. Yes, we see things differently. We see things or begin to see things from God's point of view. But actually, that's when we find that we are in real trouble and we need to have God on our side. King David, you know, that great uh, psalm of deliverance, that hymn of praise that he sang at the uh, defeat of his enemies was because he knew that God needed to be there as his protector and his guide. He needed to know that God was his rock. 
It's a wonderful image that, isn't it? God is our rock and our fortress. Do you know the story about Augustus' top lady? You know the, the hymn writer? Uh, rock of ages cleft to me. You know that hymn, don't you? Uh, you know the story of it. You know, he was in the Cheddar Gorge one day uh, and a thunderstorm blew up and he went and he uh, sheltered in the crevice of the rock in the Cheddar Gorge. Great big massive. If you've ever been there, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, and uh, he wrote the hymn, Rock of Ages Cleft for Me. Um, I can't remember the rest of the line, but it's, it's about being sheltered in the rock of God. Now, we need God because we are in trouble if you like now why why do I say that well because when we turn to Christ and when Christ finds us he transforms our life he turns our life upside down we begin to see the world through different eyes because previously we might have been nice decent good uh, law-abiding citizens or we might have been drunkards and drug addicts and uh, wife beaters I don't know but whatever it is we have been turned around and we begin to see the world through different eyes. We begin to see that our purpose in life is not to serve ourselves, not to make ourselves uh, big and important, not to be uh, self-building uh, uh, um, ourselves up, but, but actually our lives thereafter are to be dedicated to the one who has created us, the one who has redeemed us, the living God. We uh, begin to put God at the centre of our lives rather than us at the centre. And because of that, it brings us into all kinds of conflict. It brings us into a conflict with ourselves because part of our old nature is pulling us back into old ways, ways of life. And therefore, we need to be strengthened and we need to have God's uh, power and God's spirit uh, uh, with us the whole time. It might bring us into conflict with family or friends. Uh, it may bring us uh, into conflict with people at work. Uh, I had a, a, somebody come to me who was a senior executive in a major company who came to me one day and said, I don't know what to do. I'm a Christian and I know that some of the policies that are being pursued with this company are dishonest policies. And I don't want to collude with dishonesty. What do I do? Uh, well, uh, you can give advice, but most of all, you can pray for people. In the end, what that person did was decide to resign from that company. That was a major decision, meant his livelihood. But he had to decide whether or not he was going to be a Christian in the workplace or whether he was going to just be quiet and uh, just uh, uh, shove things under the carpet. It will bring us into hard decisions about the way in which we uh, live day by day. And within ourselves, things that we probably never thought about before will suddenly become an issue for us. Uh, and uh, we will begin to think, oh, actually, should I be doing that kind of thing? Should I be saying that kind of thing? How do I use my time? How do I use my money? How do I use my tongue? That's a big issue for a lot of us, isn't it? There is going to be conflict. And we therefore need to have the power of God and the protective uh, strength of God, the Holy Spirit in our lives. So spiritual warfare is a part of our walk. Well, not a part of our walk. It is our walk with the Lord. And we need to realize that we are soldiers in this fight. And that's why we need to pray for the Father's protection 
and we need to pray for the Father's guidance in all the different, different, different things that we will confront in our day-to-day lives. Now, we're all different. We're all at different stages of life. We're all different ages. And there will be different things that will confront us at different times. But if we are to be faithful to God, then we need to realize that we are in this spiritual battle and we need to be alert and uh, prayerful uh, and protective, uh, praying for the protection of, of the Lord. So that's the important thing. First, first thing I want to say is that we are in a, a battle, a spiritual warfare. That is a part of our discipleship. Now, the second thing I want to say is about these, phrase, uh, these two phrases that come uh, in the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation and then uh, deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation. Doesn't that sound a bit odd to you? Why do we, why do we think that God is going to lead us into temptation? Uh, a lot of people are shocked by it and puzzled by it. Well, what does it mean? Well, it seems to me that it means in this context that... Uh, God is testing us and putting us through times of trial in order to see whether or not our faith is going to stand up to things. Uh, So that we are going on the right way rather than the wrong way. Now, you know, we think about testing uh, and trials as something to be feared. uh, um, I don't know if you've done a, a, a driving test recently. I was absolutely terrified when uh, I did my driving test. Oh gosh, a long time ago. Um, but um, my brother and I, my brother's w- w- with me today. Uh, my brother and I did our driving test on the same day. Um, in fact, I did it first uh, and I passed, got into the car. He got in and then he passed. So we had uh, um, a great joy on that day. But the test itself, absolutely terrifying. You know, um, of course, now driving for years, you can just don't don't think about it. Second nature. But at the time, you you know, you you put through your paces, and it's good, isn't it? It's right that we should be because uh, we need to be. People need to be sure that uh, you know that we're capable of driving. Uh, that we are not a danger to ourselves or to others or to other drivers or pedestrians. We need to be tested. Aren't you glad? that doctors and airline pilots have very stringent and thorough tests. I certainly am. Uh, When I'm flying off to Bermuda in a couple of months' time, I should be jolly glad that I know that the pilot has gone through the most stringent uh, tests uh, 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 possible so that uh, I I have every trust that the plane will will land at uh, the right time and the right place. And uh, when we're going into an operation in a hospital... You know, we need to know that a surgeon is well-trained, has been tested, thoroughly tested and tried. So testing is good for us, even though it can be a bit nerve-wracking at the time. So if, if we then say that testing is good for us, why do we pray, Lord, lead us not into te- temptation? Or in some versions, it says, do not bring us to the time of test. Do not bring us to the, to the time of testing. Well, there are three reasons, I think, why we pray this. First of all, whenever God tests us for our good, there is always the enemy who is trying to exploit it for our ruin. Okay? The old tempter, Satan, is always there in the background. Do you remember Jesus in the wilderness? Do you remember the story about Jesus being tempted in the wilderness? 
Do you know how it starts, that story? How did Jesus go? He was led by led by the Spirit. That's right. It was the Spirit of God who led Jesus into the wilderness because it was to be a time of strengthening and testing for him. But what does uh, Satan do? Well, Satan comes to try and use that, to try and, uh, to try and tempt him away from God's purposes and to follow uh, Satan's uh, um, purposes uh, himself. You know, in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, it says these words, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. The devil is there like a prowling lion, ready to pounce, ready to come and do things for our ruin. That's the first reason why we pray that prayer. The second reason is because uh, sometimes the pressures of temptation and testing can be really appalling. Nobody wants to go through times of testing. I, was, I said that I'm, I'm going to flying off to Bermuda in a, a month or so at the time. Uh, I'm always struck at the beginning when uh, they come and do the, the safety checks, you know, um, where, where, where you are, where you can get out if it's an emergency. And, and it always says at the end, you know, this is the brace yourself position. You know, they tell you about that and uh, how to do that. I think sometimes that when we... What we need to remember is that we need to brace ourselves for the times of testing and the times of trial uh, that will come upon us. We don't know what it will be. It may be some kind of relationship that is breaking down. It may be some kind of financial ruin that is we're facing. It may be some big health scare. Maybe some terrifying thing that uh, we've always uh, had at the back of our minds that will happen to us and then suddenly it does we need to brace ourselves do you remember the story of jesus on uh, the night before he was crucified he was taken to he went to the garden of gethsemane remember that story and he tells the disciples to watch and pray because they fall asleep and um, as we would no doubt uh, and when he's there alone with the father he prays lord father if this cup can pass from me let it be so that's hugely realistic that wasn't it jesus knew what he had to face he was facing within a matter of hours the cross he was facing not just his death but a cruel humiliating horrible agonizing death and yet he, and, and he realistically praised the Father, if, if I can avoid this, let it be so. But then very quickly he realized, but not my will, but your will be done. Now I think that's why we pray. Lord, whatever, whenever we face temptation or testing, uh, strengthen us so that your will is done and not ours. And the third reason is because we are... We, we know our own weaknesses, don't we? Are you a strong Christian? I bet if I asked you to put your hands up, if you felt you were a strong Christian, uh, many of you wouldn't dare do it. We think inside that actually we're very weak. We are weak. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in order to strengthen us and to shore us up. So that's why we pray these, uh, this phrase, I think, because... Uh, 
because whenever whatever God does for our good Satan is there trying to ruin it all because at sometimes the pressures that we face are so immense uh, that we just can't have to brace ourselves and then we know that we are weak people and that we need God's power within us to strengthen us so the third thing is deliver us from evil well that's psalm uh, of david uh, from chapter 22 of second samuel uh, of course it's also incorporated in psalm 18 isn't it but it talks there about the danger that david was in he was in danger yes literally he was in danger from his enemies he was fighting with giants uh, he had uh, innumerable battles that he had to face and he knew that he couldn't do it in his own strength. He could only do it in the strength that God supplied. And that's why he says, God, you are my rock, you are my fortress. And he keeps on coming back to that great phrase, God, you are my rock. Now, I wondered if we realize how much danger we are in. We're, we're generally comfortable with life. We, we, you know, we live in leafy Linfield you know what a beautiful place to live in we you know we couldn't wish for any place nicer to live in unless it's Bermuda <laughs> um, I've got a particular um, thing about Bermuda but there we are um, but Linfield is lovely and and yet you know we we casually going along with our lives but do we realize that we are actually spiritually in danger the whole time usually it's complacency usually we just let go with the flow of the world instead of standing against the world. I mentioned that tomorrow night we're going to be discussing the Pilling Report, which has caused great controversy in the Church of England uh, and is likely to cause more controversy. We're going to be discussing it prayerfully as our PCC tomorrow. But uh, that's a, a, an issue of danger that we need to be uh, call on God's protective power for. There's, um, I don't know if you know the Book of Common Prayer at all, but there's some wonderful words written by uh, Archbishop uh, Cranmer. And the collect, that's a special prayer for a particular day, the collect for the fourth Sunday after Epiphany goes like this. O God, who knowest us to be set in the midst of so many and great dangers, that by reason of the frailty of our nature, we cannot always stand upright. Grant to us such strength and protection as may support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now that's very, very realistic words. We are in the midst of great dangers and we are facing all kinds of temptations. Well where do the dangers come from? Well they come from the world, they come from the flesh and they come from the devil. Uh, and they come in all kinds of forms, but usually you can boil them down to three. Money, sex, and power. Those are the three big issues that people face in the world. Uh, and uh, that's right, isn't it? Money and uh, the ambition that that uh, uh, generates. Sex, a great powerful gift of God, but can be misused terribly. Uh, and can get in, people into all kinds of difficulties and troubles. Power, well, uh, we know sometimes that people who exercise power can be the most unpleasant and uh, difficult of people. 
There is danger in the world and we need to be careful and we need to pray for God's leading and God's protection. Well, how are we to do it? Well, let me give you two practical pieces of advice at the end of this sermon. First of all, we are, you remember the the advice Jesus gave to his disciples? He said to them to watch and pray. Watch and pray. Now, watch is an important thing. What that means is be on guard. Be on guard as Christians. That means we need to be spiritually alert and aware. Now, too often we have made an accommodation with the world. Too often we go with the flow. We can't be bothered. It's too energetic. There are so many other things in our lives that we can't be bothered to stand up for Jesus in any situation. Well, how do we remedy that? Two things we do. We rely upon the word of God. And uh, I have to say that in lots of parts of the church, the word of God has gone out of the window. Uh, And that people will stand up and give their own opinions instead of actually rooting it in the word of God. The word of God and the second thing is the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. When a person becomes a Christian, the Holy Spirit of God, that is God's personal presence, comes into their lives and begins to energize them, begins to shape them, begins to change them and that process of transformation which will go on to the very end of their lives. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit and the Word of God together, they make us spiritually uh, alert uh, and vital. Watch, be on guard. That's the first thing. The second thing is we are to pray. Well, that's what the Lord's Prayer is about, isn't it? That's why Jesus taught his disciples to pray our Father, who, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Not like the little boy who thought that the God's name was Harold because he thought, misheard, hallowed. He said, thought Harold was your name. So, uh, but we pray the Lord's Prayer. It's a pattern prayer. Uh, we sometimes pray it by rote, but actually it's meant to be prayed much more thoughtfully uh, and uh, and um, uh, and in our own uh, applying it to our own particular situation. What is it we pray for? Well, we pray that God would not lead us to temptation, would not test us beyond our endurance and our ability, and uh, that He would deliver us from evil, from the evil that is without and within. And we pray that God would give us strength to do whatever is right, in spite of our own. Uh, inner reluctance because there are so many things inside us that will pull us in different directions.